Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast somehow more incompetent than Bali Sports Management. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Vince Morka. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and this week, we are going to be discussing notes from spring training. We're going to talk more about the World Baseball Classic, and we're going to continue our coverage of the other teams in the NL Central. We're talking about... Yep, the Cubs. Boo. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Ben, I've got another thing to talk to you about. Uh, ADH. That, that's that's related to soccer, but I think you're Ugh. gonna like. I think you're gonna like this one because it's me not liking something. Oh, into yeah. it already. Oi, to, footy. Yeah, I meant to bring it up last week, yeah. and uh, I forgot. Um, so I just wanted to get it out today. So uh, when when I went to the to the footy match um, <laughs> on the pitch on the pitch. We had our tickets were on a goal side, right? So um, we're not like super close or anything. It was uh, an expensive game, but we're not super far back either. It's not a massive stadium. So I ask the obvious question. If I catch a soccer ball, do I get to keep it? Yeah. And I learned no. If the, 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 the like, standard um i don't know if it's like a written rule or if it's like literally rule but if you catch the ball you're supposed to throw it back into uh into the pitch right and i i think that's bullshit yeah (laughs) i i think in any sport if you catch an implement of the sport it comes to you yeah you should be able to keep it yeah what is mls has like three soccer balls per game What what are we doing here I don't know. They got they have them on little stands behind the goals. And I yeah, I'm just like, come on. Like, isn't I don't know. I, do you know in like football if the ball goes into the stands, do you get to keep it? I have no idea, but I if I caught it, I'd be like mine. I want to keep it. Yeah. 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 So that's another way where I do think, you know, baseball obviously exceeds soccer. You catch a ball. I don't know if a bat went flying into the stands <laughs> if you'd be allowed to keep it, but I'd sure try after I yeah. get out of the hospital. Honestly, I think if the bat goes flying to the stands, the player should not want like unless it's their last game or bat that they have or something like that. Like not only did you catch something, but you caught something that's like so unbelievably dangerous. You <laughs> yeah. you earned that bat. You earned it. Or at least, you know, maybe you have the opportunity to trade it back to the team or to the player. You know, they do. Some of those guys do take their bat seriously, but like. I think it's yours and it's up to you to give it back. Yeah. Yeah. Like know? if Ichiro was still playing and his back came into the stands, which like there were stories about him, like walking through groves and picking out trees with the company and, you yeah. know, was, and he's like, he has like a tuning fork that he would use on bats and stuff. If, if something like that, that I knew was meticulously curated by a, a goat, um, like Ichiro, I, I would mm-hmm. probably give it back. But like, you know, if, Paul DeYoung. (laughs) (laughs) Just take it. Wow. Punching down. Um, Yeah, yeah, that that felt mean. I'm sorry, Paul. 
Well, now they're doing all those special puck bats. But anyway, I, I just like, come on, you, you're what are the odds? You get a you get a soccer ball kicked right at you. It's nice. I want to keep yeah. it. Honestly, have it. if I'm at an MLS game, Ben Smorka at an MLS game and I catch a, a football um, mm-hmm. I and I got to keep it, I might. You know, I, that's a story to tell. I am saying something positive about the MLS. I, I'm now a promoter of your that's league. Right. But if I have to give it back, I'm like, yeah, the miserly MLS taking my ball that I earned. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I it's... earned this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they yeah, kicked actually, it to me. As we're talking, by the way, I have, I know the listeners can't see this, but I have a foul ball that I caught at see? a Rockies game in my hand. Wow. Um, and it's fun. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might be obnoxious to like just have to carry around a whole ass soccer ball the rest of the game, but it's your soccer ball. You caught it. They shouldn't yeah. have kicked it to you if they didn't want you to keep yeah. it. Or you could, you know, give it to a kid or, or whatever. Be the hero. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it. I think it's it's bullshit. And uh, I, I hope that they change it. I think in Oy. hockey, you can keep the puck. Yeah, which, 100%. 100% yeah. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Oi, you stole me soccer ball. Uh, I need that back to play. Oi. 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 I took my soccer ball in it. <laughs> I don't God. know basketball. This might be how almost every sport except for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I bet basketball you have to give back the ball to. Yeah. Yeah, basketball, there's like no barrier in between you and the player. Like I would yeah. like if LeBron came up and asked me for a basketball, I'd shake and hand it to him. So I don't know. Yeah. Different different instance there. Do you see that video where that where LeBron sat next to that girl and she just like geeked out for like it, it went viral of a oh few no weeks ago and then she had to, was like awkwardly asked to take a bunch of pictures next to him because everyone was pointing out how much she was geeking out about him. <laughs> yeah, it's LeBron James is like the it most worse. He's yeah. the most famous person in the world. <laughs> That's, I don't know. That seems normal to me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, listen up, commissioners. You're on notice. You should get to keep the ball. With the, I mean, what with the price of tickets these days? Uh, at least new the, rule. You get new, to keep the ball. Yeah, you get to keep the ball. Give them the ball. <laughs> Oi. All right. Well, wow. I, I, you probably won't hear me talk about uh, footy too much more, but I, I did watch it on TV and I liked it. Wow. So we'll see. I might be, uh, I might be converting. Who doesn't SG- love MLS banter to start off a baseball podcast? STL City 3 and 0 baby. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk about baseball. Um what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, I mean, I think we uh th- there's some news coming out of spring training camp. I think we got to get into it. We were uh first I'll do a quick plug. Uh if you did not listen to the episode of Meet Me at Mutual over the weekend, check that out. We had a great time with C70 as we always do. Um and one of the main topics of conversation that we had on that episode was Jordan Walker and how does he get a spot on the 40-man roster. Um yeah. and then we found out earlier this week uh, we're recording on Wednesday. The Cardinals announced that right-handed relief pitcher Freddie Pacheco, who is somebody we talked to about uh, with Kyle uh, months ago, and and somebody who's kind of got like super electric stuff, power slider, isn't always finding the strike zone, but somebody that could probably get big league outs um, today, maybe inconsistently. Uh, either way, he's been claimed off waivers by the Detroit Tigers, um, opening up a forty-man roster spot. We were talking about 
what's the pathway to Jordan finding a, a spot there? He seems like the obvious candidate to take that spot, you know, assuming there's not a trade or another move going on. But Jordan Walker has his pathway to the big leagues now, or at least the door is open for that potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very intriguing move for, for multiple reasons. Um, and before we go into the implication of, of the now open 40 spot, a uh, 40 man spot, there's also been a lot of talk about Pacheco himself. Like wh- where'd this come from? Aren't yep. there like a handful of other dudes on the roster that we would have uh, put above or below Pacheco as far as who you would consider losing? I don't know if maybe there's a lot of theories going around. Maybe there's something we don't know about Pacheco. He, um, he did have some injury issues coming into spring this year, um, yeah. but they're pitchers. There, there are many people share that distinction right now yeah. in spring training. Yeah. And for an organization that has been strikeout starved and seems to be focusing on adding relievers with strikeout potential, it feels strange to cut one of your best in-house options for strikeouts. So this might be a situation where we're going to be talking about it. We're recording on Wednesday. And by the time this episode actually comes out, maybe there's more information about it. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of questioning of this move going on. Like, why him above so many other guys that seem to have a, a, a more obvious reason for cutting? Um, but it is what it is. I'm going to guess that there's something there's a piece of information that we just don't know yet, um, be it in, in energy or concerns about uh uh, or injury or concerns about long-term effectiveness. Yeah. And, you know, it was obvious that he, they had to have known putting him on waivers, he'd get grabbed. I don't think they thought they could sneak him through. Um, you know, these are the types of guys that are often passed around on waivers. Right. So uh, there must be something we don't have uh, some yeah. information we don't have. And, and like, just to throw out a couple of names and we're, you know, I think we're pulling for Drew Verhagen, but that is somebody. Obviously, he's owed a little bit of money. I don't know if it's enough to stop a move like this, but yeah. is is the two million dollars guaranteed to uh, Drew Verhagen worth more to the Cardinals than the potential ceiling of Pacheco? Um, is Anthony Mizovitz Mizovitz? <laughs> can't even say the guy's name. I mean, Packy Naughton's Naughton's got Packy Naughton. He's got to be on the edge of the edge of the 40 man. Uh, Guillermo Zuniga just took a trip down to the minors and left big league camp. Uh, Henesis Cabrera had a very choppy season last year. It's it is interesting. There are other names on the 40 man that you would have guessed. Um, But I I think it comes down to I I, well, first off, I think the Cardinals wanted to open up a 40 man roster spot. I think they needed to. Um, And I'm guessing they don't like what's coming back on his medicals. And the Pirates have all of the time and all of the innings to kind of like give Pacheco uh, as much time slash runaway slash whatever he needs uh, when obviously the Cardinals are in a position to, you know, (laughs) push for success uh, (laughs) as opposed to what whatever the Tigers are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It is an interesting move, but uh, on the on the other side of it, you know, after talking about Pacheco himself, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue here. I mean, what else is this for other than, you know, you don't make a, you don't make a spot in the 40 man without intending to fill it. Um, and the entire baseball world right now is watching Jordan Walker yeah, who had a bit of a, 
you know, a little bit of a concern and has been asked to stop sliding head first, <laughs> um, which, uh, you know, easy ask, hopeful, easy, <laughs> easy to implement yeah. after uh, slashing his finger and straining his shoulder in one week on two head first slides. Um, yeah. So, but he's okay. He's in the yeah. lineup today. Uh, you know, it seems like it may be a, a good learning moment, you yeah. know, f- for, for that guy. Well, it's also like to, to hit on the sliding thing really quick. That's something that like bat first prospects just run into. I, I remember a very similar type of situation with Bryce Harper, his first season and a half with the nationals in the big leagues where he was running into walls, stretching singles into doubles and just playing like an absolute maniac. And I think the Nationals and uh, Rizzo kind of sat him down. We're like, hey, this is great, but we need you to hit 40 bombs a year. And you can't do that if you're injured. And I'm sure a similar conversation. Obviously, his, you know, everything outside of his bat has been really promising. But his bat is the story um, for Jordan Walker. So, yeah, that that all makes sense. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to sit here and say that. Uh, this is opening up the door for Walker, but is it actually going to? Does it does it still depend on the next two weeks of performance from him? What what does it look like? Um, and if this forty spot man spot is not open for Jordan Walker, who's it open for? Yeah, well, there's obviously the 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 speculation of a trade, which is always the sort of unknown that can drop at any moment, right? Um. The only thing else I could think of would maybe be another option for backup catcher that we don't know about, but you'd expect one of the other backup catchers on the on the 40 man to be uh, dropped out when that decision was made. So I don't know. It's, it sure points to Jordan Walker or, or Mason Wynn, right? But um, and maybe this injury, you know, Paul DeYoung was uh, scratched today and has something. So it could be that. You know, again, just continuing to purely speculate, but without barring an outside addition, it sure seems like it's for one of the Cardinal top prospects, most likely Jordan Walker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not to uh, go over conversations that we already tread in the uh, episode with uh, C70 on his show. Um, But I'll I'll just I'll just to say it on our own show now, like I am very pro the Cardinals making a trade. Um, I right. called out Tarek Skubal, who just got placed on the 60-day DL uh, to kind of interact with this Freddie Pacheco pickup for the Tigers. Um, and, and I'll just want to make my quick sales pitch. He's injured right now. Uh, super talented lefty with all kinds of gas and stuff coming from the side. Him being injured right now, I think that he could probably be picked up for a little less than, you know, a dollar or, or 75 cents on the dollar of his value. Um, and my thought is, you know, if he pitches at all in 23, that's great. Uh, but you would have a young, potentially healthy, stellar starting pitcher coming into 24 when we know the Cardinals are looking really thin. And I think looking a little down the road and using some of the prospect player depth that you have and that the Tigers, uh, the Tigers need Alavilia kind of shat the bed for like six years and nobody really talked about it. Like, I think people thought they were turning it around and they just Dennett and they signed Javi Baez to a bad deal and Torkelson didn't work out just yet. And Casey Mines didn't work out just yet. And Matt Manning hasn't worked out just yet. And yeah, um, it's been a know. lot. Well, last year was supposed to be the big tigers. Uh, they weren't expected to 
win the division or anything, but it was expected to be that big step forward. And this year would maybe compete. And yeah, uh, yeah they seem to be going in the opposite direction. Um, but acquiring Scooble, you could keep him on the 60 day D, uh, IL conceivably for the, for the future. So, um, wouldn't even end up using that IL that, uh, 40 man spot until he came back. Right. So you could do that and still have an opening. So I don't know. It's, it's some good, uh, late spring intrigue though. Um, I kind of, I kind of like that the Cardinals didn't immediately follow it up with whatever move they're planning. Um, you know, it could just be totally a Pacheco thing. You know, there's a lot of yep. talk right now about like why this happened and it could just be, they were trying to move him and, yep. now, and now there's a spot and it'll be filled at some point. It's not incredibly uncommon for teams to carry a uh, sub 40, uh, on their 40 man, even going into the season just to keep that flexibility going. So they don't necessarily have to have a designed move based off of this. But I think we all are certainly hoping <laughs> that it's uh, that it's one specific move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you said it with with Walker and Wynn doing what they're doing. Um, it's hard not to speculate um, really quick before we move on. Jaywalk. Skywalker, uh, Walk Daddy. What do you? What What are we? Do we have a nickname for Jordan Walker yet? Is it Is it coming? Or should we? Should or I don't want to force it. Um. Well, that was the first I heard. Walk Daddy. Yeah, that was that was uh, and came to me in a dream. <laughs> more like a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I don't know that he has a nickname yet. Yeah. You know, I, I saw there was like Air Jordan, you know, but they're yeah. all derivatives of of that. I, I think we have to let it play out a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, it can just be Jordan Walker, you know, the Michael Jordan of baseball. Yeah, that's that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> OK, all right. Uh, well, let's move on. Um, free Walker. Hashtag. Wow. Extend, um, extend Jordan Walker. Let's get a little, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to talk about it later, but how yeah. about a little Corbin Carroll uh, for, for Jordan Walker? Honestly, the Cardinals haven't had something like that happen in a very long time. I think it'd be very smart. Just do it now. Pay the kid. Yeah. Make, well, make the bet. The Braves have been doing it, and it seems to be going well. The Diamondbacks are dipping their toes in it, you yeah. know, so it's, uh, yeah, the, the Astros have been doing it, so it's definitely a thing. I, if, if they announce tomorrow, like Jordan Walker, 10 years, 120, I think, I mean, I would probably go buy the Jersey. I would just, I'd, I'd be fully bought in. That would be a Hell blast. Yeah. And also, yeah, just let us know. He's going to be here for a really long time. Like if there was yeah. ever a kid to bet on it, he seems like the one there, there seems to be no holes in the, in the, in his play right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's fun. All, All right. right. We got to stop talking about Jordan Walker. Hopefully we're going to be talking about him for the next uh, 10 years. So uh, All right. what else we, what else we see coming out of spring? Yeah. Well, so it's funny. I wrote this note and it's already inaccurate because Dylan Carlson, he was dealing with some right arm fatigue. Uh, he was DHing and he was back in the lineup playing center field today. Yeah. Um, so happy about that. looks like Dylan Carl is doing just fine. Um, it's had a couple of tough at bats against Verlander uh, before we started recording. Verlander was on uh, yeah. today before we got on. So tough assignment for the Cardinals. So that's that's good news. Dylan is OK um, and, and playing center field. Um, something that is uh, I think we probably all could have guessed uh, if we if we had our 
I don't know, our magic eight ball or whatever is Paul Young going to be on the roster. Well, pretty much that's guaranteed at this point. Uh, Jose Fermin uh, goes down with an injury and he's now being demoted to minor league camp. Uh, really, that just leaves Paul Young as the only reasonable shortstop option on the major league roster. And it seems like he is going to be a backup infielder. I don't know exactly what that will look like um, in the sense of like, it's really hard for me to um, get behind a scenario where Paul is playing anywhere but backup shortstop because of the options that we have at third base, uh, first base and uh, second base. It really limits to him to just giving Tommy Edmond a day off of short, which I imagine is going to be very few and far between. Yeah, or like, yeah, I guess Tommy had been a day off of short specifically because Tommy had been might be playing second base. And right. So then you have. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but if yeah. Nolan has a day off, you, I would give it to Gorman. Gorman. Uh, or if, or, or if Aaron has a day off, I would give yeah. it to Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to be clear on which which Nolan we're talking right. about here. The Nolan's third base. And at second base, I think you'd rather have Tommy Donovan Gorman start over Paul yeah. any day of the week. The I mean the only thing that he has that we don't know for sure we have on the rest of the team is the ability to play shortstop at a competent level. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I feel like Brennan Donovan could probably also play short if we needed him to, but you know, I understand the hesitancy to do that. Could, so it, like help. yeah could Donovan play shortstop for a day here too? Yeah. Could he play it for a week? Yeah. Could he play it for a month? Probably not. I don't know. We don't know. It's really the yeah. answer to that. Well, if you remember last year, and this isn't exactly a one-to-one, but we had a lot of concerns about Edmund playing shortstop. And then, you know, here he is. Now we're like, he's the only one we want playing shortstop, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's just these athletic dudes who are willing to, you know, really put in the work and, and, um, I guess like, I don't know, it's like sort of be humble about it. Right. Like, uh, you know, spend the extra time with the training camps and, 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 and try it out. And that's the kind of guy I get the kind of vibe I get from a, from a Donovan as well. So I suspect that he'd, he'd be okay at it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, but to the original point, like the only thing that Paul Young does that is that is a, indiv- that, singles him out from the rest of the crew is the, the, the known ability to play shortstop at a competent or even above competent level. Like he, he can be a pretty good shortstop. Yeah. You know, there's, there's worse things than your 26th man being a very good shortstop. Um, Yeah. So it's just, it's a very narrow thing. Usually you're like backup shortstop is also your backup at like, a couple other spots or maybe they're a good pinch runner. You know, they, they've got like a couple other things that are in their skill set. And you'd like to say, well, at the very least, Paul DeYoung can hit a dinger here and there. And, you know, if all we need him to do is play shortstop and hit bombs every once in a while. But even those bombs become less valuable if every single other bat at bat is a strikeout. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like the Rogue Net Odor. You know, he hit like, 38 home runs in a season and was like negative two war or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think both of those numbers were too high and too low, but it was something like that, yeah. right? Where it's like, okay, home runs are valuable, but if everything else is 
is bad, it, it does start to have a problem. Yeah, and I think Paul's just bitten by the team composition currently. Like we talked about all the infield options yeah. all over the place. You could also uh, put Juan Yepes as part of that conversation and Alec Burleson, uh as part of the first base conversation. Um, the other th- problem that DeYoung has is that he isn't like a lefty masher. If he was a very good defensive shortstop, right-handed hitter that could come in and beat up on lefties, that is a clear path to a valuable playing time where where, you know, obviously he's on the short end of the platoon, um, but there's still a ton of value in that getting Tommy off his feet, so on and so forth. Um, but in his career, he's got a 750 OPS against right handed pitchers and a 672 OPS against left handed pitchers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Paul just doesn't make sense. There's yeah, there's not a lot of um yeah, there's not a lot of range here to the to the tool set. So um, we just have to hope that Edmund stays healthy and uh, maintains an ability to play short while Mason Wynn continues to, to develop. And I guess we just run out the rest of DeYoung's contract. Um, maybe the Cardinals yeah. find a trade somewhere and you bring in some truly glove first, just all over the place uh, utility guy like you normally have. Um, I don't know. You know, I, mean, I, I actually thought him going to the Dodgers after Gavin Lux went down would make some sense. The, the Dodgers have a pretty shallow uh, infield, um, yeah. as, at least as far as the big league level right now. Looks like Miguel Gar- uh, Vargas is going to take over second base. Um, they're, they're a prospect that can hit, uh, but they don't really have a guy other than um, the guy from Miami who I'm I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh but, uh, uh, Miguel Rojas, Rojas. Yes. M- M- Rojas yeah. and Vargas. I got them mixed up. Uh, but yeah. Var- yeah, Vargas is the second base prospect. Rojas is the, the kind of defensive wizard. I don't, I mean, yeah. something might happen. I don't know. Maybe, uh, Carlos Correa's ankle will explode and the twins will need anyone at shortstop here in the next few months. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to find a, a dancing partner with a trade like that. The Rockies. And I guess this is, yeah, this is the risk of, uh, you know, these, these extensions that we always want, um, the team to do, right? Like, I think we were pretty happy with the DeYoung extension when it happened. He was looking like one of the best shortstops in baseball, all-star hitting tanks, hitting for a high batting average, which seems insane now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and here we are being like, well, we're hamstrung to this $9 million contract, you know, it, it's confusing. He he's like the opposite Jake Woodford. He must be uh, like best friends with Mazalak and everyone because <laughs> it, it it's it's wild to me that he's still with the team. But well, like it is that he's a good shortstop. Well, exactly what you're saying, just thing. like it, illustrate it, like what you're talking about. His first three seasons, 17, 18, and nineteen, he put up eleven Baseball Reference WAR in three seasons. Pretty good, like. That is yeah. very, very promising. He had a five and a, uh, a five and a half war season in 2019, uh, basically being great on both sides of the ball, a tremendous defender. And then since then, he's put up about two war. I mean, it was just a cliff that he fell off of. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's like this. This is what happens. You uh, <laughs> baseball's yeah. hard, as we've said. Um, it I, I don't think we saw this coming, though, after those first three seasons. No. 
no, I mean, it all, everything looked like he's exactly what you want. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Like you said, baseball's hard. It sucks. Um, yeah. And we're all, we're obviously rooting for the guy. Like I hope that he, he, you know, we're, we're, we've gotten some good stories in the off season. Like we normally do about him. I don't think there's any shortage of effort coming in from him. He seems like the type of guy who, you know, we've actually died. We, we feel at times that it's, he's overthinking it, you know, yeah. but it's obviously, you know, we're armchair coaches over here. So who knows, but, um, hopefully he can, you know, have a good season and go out with a bang with the Cardinals. Cause he had some really good seasons, uh, with the team, but it feels weird yeah. that he's still here. It, does and there's so much young town it must honestly like on just like a human level it must be stressful there's all of these young kids 21 22 year old kids coming up and doing amazing things like if you're paul DeYoung and you're watching what mason Wynn is doing at the shortstop position there's no way that's not in the back of your mind at the very least being like oh shit like (laughs) this this kid's going to take the job that i wish that i had and he is I mean, uh, he, he's a, a specimen like the, the things that he can do are just unbelievable. Um, it's like how uh, I feel with all these AI chat robots. <laughs> <laughs> like they're so much smarter than me and, and <laughs> like they're going to take my podcasting jobs. They're going to take your podcasting job. Um, mm-hmm. They'll probably take your wife and your kids, too. I mean, they what can't they do? Well, good for them, though. You know, yeah. that's probably an improvement for both sides. Yeah, I think your kids would agree with that. <laughs> hey, I can say that. You can't say that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. Uh, other Cardinals spring training news. This is this is a bit of a bummer. Um, Tommy Edmond headed back to Jupiter, Florida after Korea gets bounced yeah. out of the WBC quickly. Um, they got, yeah. you know, upset big time. I, I thought, you know, KBO is, is a real league with real major league players coming out of it. Um, they just kind of didn't have it all together. It didn't really work out. Tommy Edmond was okay. Uh, it was very disappointing to see, uh, he ended that game on a, a stolen base attempt Caught stealing. Um, yeah. but he, he had solid defense and he was slapping the ball around a little bit. Um, you know, no fault of Tommy's, but, uh, kind of a bummer for Korea as you know, they have a great fan base that i was kind of excited to watch in the in, in tokyo kind of get crazy and um but uh like i said bounced out and, and good news for cardinals fans is tommy's coming back which yeah it's obviously it's fun to watch him it's a tough format man w- watching these games you know i i it's been six years since we've had a baseball classic and so i'd kind of forgotten about the the intensity of each game and and of course i you know i was expecting it to be intense uh, besides the format, just the, the national side of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a tough pool and I, they were definitely one of the favorites, but in a four game series, like anything can happen. And yeah, I mean, we're seeing it with the, the United States team. We're going to dig into the world baseball classic after the break, but like, you know, one of the best lineups of all time, if not the best lineup of all time, a little on edge right now. Yeah. Right? You know, so so it doesn't take much to 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 bounce out of this tournament. Uh, baseball is so hard. Um, it, <laughs> it, yeah, I know it, it's crazy, though. You look at that lineup and it's better than any all star team I can remember in recent history. And there's still, you know, 
you think they'd just be putting up 25 a game easy. Um, yeah. I mean, the top four alone with uh, Mookie Trout, Goldie, and Nato, like, how do you get all four of yeah. those guys out in a, in sequence? It's it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it's it's been exciting. But anyways, happy to have Tommy back. Um, hopefully, he'll have some good stories. Un- unfortunately, he's not the uh, massive celebrity that Nude is in uh, Korea as, as Nude is in Japan. But I, I think he uh, I think he can hold his head high or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you can hold his head high or whatever. Don't worry <laughs> well, about it. I lost it. steam on that one. <laughs> you did a little bit. <laughs> well, good job, Tommy. Yeah. No, it'll be good to have him back. Um, and hopefully we don't get Arenado and Goldie back for another uh, couple weeks. But yeah, it will be good to have them back, back in the camp and, and get the team. You know, it's only two and a half weeks until uh, in less than two and a half weeks, two weeks and two days yeah. from right now is opening day. So, uh, not a lot of spring left. We're going to get some of these questions answered real soon. And, uh, we want to talk more about the WBC. Um, but before we do, why don't we talk a little bit about how you can support this show? (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you are enjoying the show and want to support us, uh, support the creation of this show and the time and effort that goes into it. Um, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, we have a bunch of tiers at different levels, um, but anybody who supports us gets access to our private discord server. We call it the bird scored. We're having tweet, a great tweet. time in there. <laughs> tweet, tweet, baby. Um, <laughs> right now we are partaking in a fantasy baseball draft. We're doing a slow draft, so it's stretching out over multiple days. And it's been a ton of fun uh, doing this draft with the people in the, in the bird scored. And hey, if you're into fantasy sports and particular fantasy baseball, we got several people in the in the bird scored that that are into that as well. And always happy to talk about fantasy sports and and talk trades and strategy and whatnot. So if you're looking for a place to go and talk with people about that, the bird scored is becoming a place for that as well. Uh, so, you know, follow the the Cardinals this year in a way you never have before um, and get the bird scored and and be a part of our community. We'd really like we'd really love for you to be there and shout out to the people that are in there now. Uh, if you are not able to do that, but still want to show your support for the show, we would appreciate it if you would take a few minutes to smash that follow button, smash that subscribe button and also leave us a review on your Why? favorite uh <laughs> favorite podcast platform much like listener 11 in 11 great name did uh leaving very very nice things uh saying uh great podcast for st louis cardinal fans well i think you are a great st louis cardinal fan and we're happy to make a podcast for you wow you just reviewed the reviewer nate and i think that that's really nice hey that's the kind of one of the many services that we provide to i uh, think you're very nice nate uh, what what's y'all didn't see this, but Ben's head spun 360 degrees around <laughs> on his neck when he said that. So, <laughs> uh, tequila, I'm bringing it, I'm, okay. I'm bringing it, I'm bringing it back. People love it. Uh, Ben, where else can people find us online? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at talk about birds. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at talking about birds. We're doing a TikTok. You can check us out there. If you want to see our faces, uh, you can email us thoughts, questions, concerns, 
uh, VPN troubleshooting issues, MLB.tv DNS issues. How do you watch baseball in the year of 2023 questions Two, talk about birds at gmail.com. If you're paying attention to the news, you probably are aware that the RSN issue is only getting worse. Um, so hit us up if you have any questions about how to make that happen. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify if that's your preferred application for podcasting. Um, and I'll also just double shout out uh, the last episode of Meet Me at Usual with C70 came out on Friday. We had a great time. Uh, we had a, we played a fun game called Star Wars or Ball Star with C70, who's a massive Star Wars fan. Uh, highly recommend if you haven't already listened or you're not listening to him, um, go go check out that show and and maybe the episode with us on it is a good um, point to jump off uh, uh, for that podcast. So go check them out, please. Yeah, great show. Love being a part of it. Um, all right, let's dig back into the WBC. Uh, this, you know, we don't know how this is going to go. So this might be our, uh, you know, we might not get a lot of chances to talk about team USA. Not that I'm, you know, putting anything into the, yeah, come into on. the world here. I've never been more confident in anything in my entire life that the United States are going to, uh, to advance, but it is a tough pool. Uh, it's a tough pool and we're recording at probably the worst possible time. Uh, yeah. to keep this relevant <laughs> about, right in between. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, uh, de- if, so the, uh, America has, or USA has played uh great Britain one, six to two, which was honestly too close for a team of great Britain's, uh, talent. I don't know, ceiling. man. Um, they, they also, uh, you know, Great Britain beat Colombia, so what a crazy upset that was. Yes, um, the man, not not to like kick them while they're down, but the uh, the jerseys that Great Britain <laughs> brought <laughs> could it's, not look like more of an afterthought. Yeah, it's like they forgot that they were doing it, <laughs> and know. they got there, and they're like, "Shit!" Uh, all right, do you have any of those iron-on stencils? Yes. Yeah, it and looks I mean, like literally what it is. The T fell off of the pitcher's <laughs> shirt. It's not stitched. It's like ironed on. It's so funny. <laughs> and like, I know that the Great Britain baseball doesn't have the largest budget of all time, but I feel like you could go drop a hundred bucks or whatever, probably a little more than that and get get a couple of real jerseys made up. But uh, yeah, if you're trying to build the brand of your sport, um, you know, maybe the the quality of jersey you know, it's not the most important thing, yeah. you know, but in, in today's world, uh, the image of the pitcher with the T falling off of great Britain <laughs> is like maybe the most viral thing that happened for great Britain's baseball, yes. even though they had a massive upset win, there's yeah. a real chance that the thing that most people remember from this is the T falling off the Jersey. So, and like they, they oof. have a couple of big league players. They have, you know, they, Go sure. ask Trace Tr- Thompson for a, you know, fifteen hundred dollar loan to go get some real jerseys. <laughs> so anyway, the <laughs> America or United States beats them and then lost a. This is a brutal matchup against brutal. Mexico. Mexico's a good team. They're yeah. playing with a. They're playing with a a fiery passion that really is what makes uh, World Baseball Classic so much fun. Is seeing these teams together. And uh, it wasn't even really close. I mean, the the final score would indicate that 
uh, with it what was it, like 12 to five. But even that isn't it, it felt even further <laughs> than that. Yeah. Uh, um, Joey Manessis, a big leaguer, had a crazy breakout for the Nationals last year. He's like 30 years old. So one of those um you know post post hype late late bloomers um, he, a- after the soto trade he took soto's job and out hit juan soto for the remainder yeah. of the year like joey manessas might be somewhat real we don't know i guess yeah i mean it looked real that night he hit yeah. the ball hard yeah and uh so this is a big blow and not only was it a big blow but the the team usa gave up a lot of runs and the tiebreaker in this uh, in this format is ERA. So it doesn't really matter how much you score other than that. You are inflating the other team's ERA. Right. Um, but what matters most is your own. So giving up 12 runs, not great. So then they play team Canada, which, uh, you know, Tyler O'Neill, Freddie Freeman, they got a few pieces, but also, uh, you know, considered definitely above great Britain. But I think, generally was considered in the bottom half of this pool. Uh, but Great Britain, uh, or, or sorry, Canada has won two games, which has been pretty surprising. And now uh, the the Team USA won, but there's a three-way tie yeah, uh, in the pool with Canada, Mexico, and USA all uh, with two wins and one loss. And so... Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, and I, I want to really quick just shout out that not only did USA Bats just come alive, and they, I mean, they beat the crap out of that poor kid. I, I felt bad for him. I think the, it was like a 19 or 20 year old minor leaguer got hit around by you know Betts and Trout and Goldie Nato and Tucker and <laughs> Tim Anderson has been on fire. And but also shout out to uh, Lance Lynn, former Cardinal, obviously, at Miles Michaelis uh, pitching really well in that game and uh, only giving up a few hits and one earned run. So that's great. Also, yeah. just great to see a Cardinal be successful in the major leagues, a pitcher or uh, sorry, in the WBC. Um, but yeah, like you said, so so real quick, USA versus Columbia is going to be tonight. We're releasing the show tomorrow. Uh, on Thursday. So this is going to be outdated, but I will say um, the, the USA is, is, you know, probably quite obviously heavily favored. Uh, Columbia team is fine, not absolutely littered with big leaguers. Um, but if the Cardinals, geez, if the Cardinals, if team USA wins tonight, they are automatically advanced to the next round. If the United States lose three teams finish with the two and two record and obviously only one could advance. And that's where it starts to get into those uh, metrics that like the ERA and other numbers that Nate was talking yeah. about that act as kind of like the tiebreaker. So big game tonight. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching it. These games have been a ton of fun. And so if you're out there, well, shit, we're, we're releasing this after the fact. Yeah. So this is so hopefully, you know, go team USA. And hopefully we have uh, some more of this to talk about next week. Um, but, uh, overall, man, you know, the, this world bit, but baseball classic has been exactly what I was hoping for. And, uh, I obviously wish that team USA had just crushed in all three games, but it's a tournament format. And this, this sort of stress of it, you got to win or go home is what we're looking for here. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just really quickly looking. There, there's some names you might recognize on the Columbia team. Jorge Alfaro, uh, solid player. Uh, Elias Diaz, catcher for the Rockies. Um, they got Delson Herrera, Evan Mendoza, uh, Gio Urshela. And hey, the Cardinals own Oscar Mercado. I don't think I knew that he was uh, from Colombia. But so there's, you know, obviously Oscar Mercado. He's on the outside of the 26 man roster for the Cardinals. He's he's a good, not great player at all. Um, but, you know, I think Mexico, if the if you team USA learned anything from that Mexico matchup is you can't take anyone lightly. And like you're talking about. Great Britain can win. Canada can win. Anything can happen in these short game series or these one game uh, matchups in these uh, this tournament style play. So, man, I really hope we don't release this episode right after <laughs> I know USA gets eliminated. But let's stop talking about that so we don't curse it. Yeah. So on a more positive note, uh, Goldie and Arenado, I think they've looked really good in this. You know, yeah. they are the, they are the heart of the lineup. Obviously, you've got Mike Trout batting in the two spot. He's the he's the guy on the yeah. team, and, and the way everyone's been talking about him, you know, and the, and the broadcast has been talking about him. You get the sense that there is a, a there's a reverence for Mike Trout above all else. But right behind him, you got Arenado and Goldie um, right there in the heart of the lineup, and they've been good. We've seen some we've seen some great Arenado plays, and both guys are swinging the bat well, which is good for the purposes of what they're there for. It's also, it, it's just been like that first game just watching. I was like, Oh man, it's just fun to watch them take at bats that, you know, they care about because spring is one thing. And right. like, we all like spring training because it's a symbol of what's coming. But we, I think we just like the intensity level. There's just a difference about Arenado in a game that matters versus a, a spring training game, you know? And, and, Goldie as well. And so it's been a lot of fun to watch them. And uh, just the way the team, you know, we've seen Wayno talking about it, Arenado, Goldie, just what it means for them to be out there to play in this tournament. Um, you know, I, you can tell they're, they're loving it. And I, I don't know, there, there's so many narratives that you can pull from this and we can craft our own narratives, but you have to imagine that like, this sort of thing is, is gotta be a huge kickoff to the season. For oh them, yeah. You know, um, it may be a little anticlimactic going back to spring training after this, but, uh, if they have a great rest of the tournament, it just feels like it's, it, it's setting you up to hit the ground running going yeah. into, into the, uh, full season. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we didn't talk about this so much last year because Paul kind of kicked the habit, but Goldie kind of a, a known slow starter, um, and I know it's only a few games, but he's rocking over a thousand OPS in the World Baseball Classic. He obviously looked good in spring training before he came out to the World Baseball Classic. Like, you know, I, I think we yeah. are getting ready for for Goldie to have another massive, massive year. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. He's got four walks to one strikeout in the WBC right now. Him and Nolan both are having OPS over a thousand. Um, yeah, it's it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Did you see the play where he um, is an insane play? McNeil's, uh, you know, range to his left and he throws in it, it uh, short hops, Goldie oh, bounce, yeah. bounces off the heel of his glove. It was like the saddest I've ever seen Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> was when, when I, you know, he could have made that play. I think he makes it probably a fair amount of times, but it was really tough. Um, bad bounce. You know, everything about it was just sort of unlucky. 
Um, but still, he, he looks so sad. Yeah. He just normally doesn't care. Or n- not normally doesn't care. He obviously cares immensely, but he doesn't show it on his face. He's, he's a much. bit of an automaton. Yeah, he's, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, poor Goldie. It's okay. <laughs> America still loves you. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. All um, right. Well, good luck, United States. Yeah. And uh, we'll still, even if they get bounced, We'll still cover it uh, through the rest of the uh, through the rest of the tournament. I think we immediately all become Team Japan stands. We we all are already, yeah. but we will even more so. Um, Japan's about to run out of pepper grinders. <laughs> Did you see that? It's there's a soccer team in Japan that was doing the pepper grinder. Oh thing my god! It, it's like a full on thing now in Japan. It's expanding across multiple, uh, you know, multiple Man, sports. Newt is like he's like not going to be able to walk the streets of of japan here soon or he might yeah. already be there um they're they're selling uh new bar pins in yeah. the tokyo dome and man i want one so if there's yeah. anyone who's if there's anyone who's listening who somehow has access to one of these yeah let me know your price yeah I, because i i want one of them i'm sure you do too ben yeah email uh, talk about birds at gmail.com let's let's figure this yeah. out because i would love I, that I'm not a big collectible guy, but like, ooh, that would be fun to have. Yeah, so. yeah I think you're right. I was thinking DR. I mean, the good news is there's still Cardinals players all over the World Baseball Classic, so we have tons of yeah. stuff to root for. Um, but I think you're right. Um, probably, probably go the way of Japan and you know Otani and Newt. The the connection there is just too strong to to be denied. I'm I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the Dominican Republic team is phenomenal as well. It would be an easy team to root for. Um, but got a root for Newt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm That's... rooting and I'm rooting tooting for oh, Newt. No. Right. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, what before we move on to our Cubs preview? The one other thing I wanted to hit on with the WBC, just I just find this story amazing, and this is part of why the WBC is so cool. Um, a team Nicaragua pitcher, his and I'm I'm sorry if I butcher this, but I believe it is uh, Duke uh, Hebert, Duke Hebert. That doesn't sound like a Nicaraguan name. I feel like I'm mispronouncing it. Anyways, um, a, a relative no name. He's a 21-year-old kid, um, not really on anyone's radar. He came into a game against the DR, struck out in order Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafi Devers. I would argue <laughs> three top 10 hitters in baseball yeah. um, in the game. And about an hour after the game was completed, the Tigers signed him to a contract, which is just I mean, that's a movie level story. And if you haven't seen this kid pitch, he's got insane arm action. And that change up is disgusting. Like it, he, he uh, probably a one inning relief guy, but he is going to play in the big leagues. It was, it, I mean, it is nasty stuff. Yeah. You know, it made me think of, um, so the Olympics are, also kind of known for this where people will utilize the the stage of the olympics as well as just the access of like getting out of their country but that's a whole other thing um that is like far more complicated than i can really speak uh intellectually (laughs) on but like (laughs) this idea of um maybe a, a team or a part of the world that's not scouted as heavily as uh where you know as as the places that we're all familiar with are um 
you know, utilizing the World Baseball Classic as a place to showcase your skills against big league hitters and parlaying that into a contract, um, I think is pretty incredible. Uh, it, it's one of the cooler stories to come from this. And may I don't know, I haven't done any research on it. Maybe this isn't the first time it's happened, um, but I definitely don't think it's the last time yeah. that, that it's going to happen. Um it's it's really cool. I'm really excited for that guy. There's a great picture of him sitting with uh, Juan Soto, and he just looks like the happiest person on earth. And he, he might <laughs> yeah. have been in that moment. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, get a big league contract after you know a single half inning yeah. in a tournament. Like it, it's awesome. And yeah. I hope I hope he keeps it running, runs it up. You know, yeah. gets it gets on the team. And, and I'll say like I, I highly actually I'll, I'll find the video and I'll tweet it out once we're, we're done uh, recording. So check on our Twitter feed to see the video uh, of of these three K's because you'll see Juan Soto tips his cap to the kid um, like he's like that. That is nasty. Thank you so much. I'm going to go sit down now in a very heated competition that yeah. speaks to. Well, first off, how fun Juan Soto is and also how stupid, nasty uh, his stuff is. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. I hope that, uh, you know, he continues to have success and that other people are able to utilize something like this and, and you know, get work towards a, a better life for them and their family. So, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about our favorite subject, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. So yeah. if you're just hopping on the show, we've been breaking down uh, the other teams in the NL Central. Uh, we've been going from worst to first. So we started with the Reds. Last week, we talked about the Pirates. And now this week, we're going to talk about the Cubs. Yeah. And so now we are getting into actually interesting uh, potentially competitive teams. Um, this is going to be a really interesting season for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it goes more like the, the way of the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think we both kind of think that the Cubs are doing something smart and interesting over there. Uh, so why don't you kick it off, kick it off for us, Ben? Yeah, we'll start this like we've been starting the others and, and just talk about the notable losses for the Cubbies. Um, obviously, number one with a bullet, Wilson Contreras. Uh, not only does he leave the Cubbies, <laughs> but he goes to their rival. Uh, Got him. Which is the Cardinals. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't think I need to break that much down, much more down. We all know what's going on there. We're happy to have Wilson. Um, I think it signals, you know, we've talked about there, there's some background going around and what the Cubs are looking for. Um, and obviously Wilson Contreras wasn't that, uh, which I think is fine and dandy. They've taken an interesting approach to augmenting their team. Um, they've also lost Wade Miley, um, and Jason Hayward and Jason Hayward looks likely to break the 26 man with the Dodgers at this point, which is kind of crazy. Um, it looks like that he's going to be a left-handed bat and a center fielder, uh, which is partially due to the Gavin Lux injury um, because their primary center fielder, uh, or I, I would guess Trace Thompson and Chris uh, Taylor were going to be their center field combination. And now Chris Taylor is probably going to be playing a lot of short all over the place because of Gavin Lux. Anyways, crazy that Jay Hay, the once, the once Cardinal, the terrible cub is likely to be a productive Dodger. Take that yeah. for whatever it is. I mean, um, he delivered a hell of a speech in that 2016 world series though. Let's let us not forget. Uh, um, yeah. He hit an 
absolute tank in spring training earlier. Yeah. Um, but just looking it up, and man, last year he only had 151 plate appearances for the Cubs, and he put up a negative point for uh, Fangraphs WAR. So <sighs> it's very surprising that he's able to catch on anywhere, let alone the Dodgers. But it's the, the stupid Dodgers; they just have this, you know like vibe around them now that anyone who goes there will, 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 will find success and yeah. be, you know, some sort of crazy reclamation project. So stupid. What yeah. was going to end up happening is we're going to lose a game this year <laughs> off of a Jason Hayward home run that yeah. Alex Reyes comes in and closes the door on it. You uh, know, it's going to be super frustrating. But, I, I uh, hate you for saying that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that the Dodgers are in a weird spot too. They're not the team that they were the year before, like or two years ago. Uh, the Dodgers that we've known the last five years wouldn't have space for a Jason Hayward on the team, but um, they're obviously grasping a little bit as well. So it doesn't necessarily the odds of him becoming anything other than basically what he was for the Cubs, but for with the Dodgers are still pretty low. Yeah, yeah, you know we're not talking about the Dodgers right now, but they kind of did a similar thing with Noah Syndergaard, essentially bringing in him for cheap as a reclamation project. And yeah, they are, they have a great, great player dev system and it is unbelievably impressive. Um, moving back to the Cubs, uh, I'm They have a lot of additions, so I'm going to list all of the additions out. And if you want to, you just start blabbering about whoever you want to <laughs> blabber about. But how, I'm about gonna, how about you say them all and then we'll, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't cut me off. Be a gentleman. Um, all right. And these are going in descending order of guaranteed money. So, you know, I guess keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Dansby Swanson, Jamison Tyon, Cody Bellinger, Drew Smiley, Trey Mancini, Brad Boxberger, uh, Michael Fulmer, Eric Hosmer, Edwin Rios, and Tucker Barnhart. So quite a list of, Obviously, a wide variance on names here. Um, I guess, you know, clearly Dansby Swanson, the biggest acquisition by the Cubbies this offseason. Uh, an interesting acquisition, too, as we think, or I am of the belief that he played a bit over his uh, shoes last year. They are sliding a very, very good defensive shortstop to second base to make room for him. Um, and, and then I'll go for one more second. That signing and the Cody Bellinger signing, um, means that their up the middle defense has gone from fine to extremely good. Um, I, I think I, I can say that with a ton of confidence. Cody Bellinger is going to play great in center. Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner are going to play great up the middle in the infield. Are those bats going to show up? I have absolutely no idea. I don't think the Cubs do either. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a lot about the Swanson signing when it happened, but um, I'll say that uh, you know the Cardinals were in that conversation a lot too, and I was not for the Cardinals signing Swanson, especially after we saw the the contract that he got, and I pretty much feel the same sentiment towards the Cubs signing him, in that I don't think it's going to be a great deal for them. Yeah, and now does that mean in twenty twenty three? I don't know. You know, he could he could be good again or he could repeat what he did last year. But I don't know that the power is real. Um, he's definitely going to be serviceable. He's definitely going to play a good defense and give you a good plate approach. But uh, that overall profile looks a lot different if he loses uh, some some of that power. Yeah. And we'll see. Now, on the flip side, I really wanted the Cardinals to sign Cody Bellinger. 
I think there's enough there to take a flyer on it. And I think it was pretty smart by the Cubs because if he's bad, well, whatever they have uh, so much money, it doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, if he's really good, then either you have a great midseason trade target to, you know, ship out or you've established a good relationship with someone that you can then extend and have as a core piece of your team for a while. Right. Or maybe both with, which the Cubs have done before they trade someone and then sign them in the off season again, you know? So, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty low risk move for a team that isn't expecting to win this year. It's like worst case scenario. They just have a bad Cody Bellinger for a year and all it cost them was money. So, I think it was pretty smart signing. Um, and I think we saw a lot of that from the Cubs this year. There's a good mixture of, um, you know, long-term choices like Kion and Dansby and then shorter term things like Mancini and Bellinger that will either set the possibility for long-term or just be really good trade targets. Yeah. And they've shown a, an ability to make good trades. We were all pretty confused last year why they didn't trade, Contreras or Hap, but it is what it is. You know, who knows what that market was like. And so I don't know. I mean, this is the team that like it with these additions, if all of them click the way that they want them to, and they're and their returning pieces also take a step forward. I don't know that that they're inherently a competitor for the NL Central. Yeah. But if enough things also go wrong for the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cubs could sneak in with like a classic bad division win, you know, where they get like 86 games and that's somehow enough to beat uh, the Cardinals or the, or the Brewers, like very low likely outcome, but they're at least like, that's if you're running this simulation, you know, a million times that probably happens a few times. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, there there are that scenario where Cody pops and Mancini hits 30 bombs again. Um, you know, that's that's a realistic scenario that would that should and would scare the Cardinals. Uh Eric Hosmer, I think uh surprised he has a big league job to be totally honest. Um yeah. and then I think like Edwin Rios, Michael Fulmer, Brad Boxberger, those are deals that could be really, really solid for the Cubs. They could be absolutely nothing, or they could just be trade targets. Um, to- right. Totally agree with you. Um, moving on, uh, the youngsters to watch uh, with the Cubbies. Uh, I-, I think the big question for that, is this the year that Brandon Davis makes his way to the big leagues? He's their uh, best prospect, young kid, outfielder, big old dude um, with power tools. He's he's fast, hits the ball hard, throws the ball hard. Um, all those things. I, I think it's likely if he doesn't break camp with the team, he will likely be up relatively soon. Um, and then I also think, what is uh, what is Christopher Morell become? What is he? Uh, does he kind of stay as a solid defender um, with some pop? Does he kind of make his way and, and steal a job somewhere? Does he stick in at in the outfield? Um, he had an over thirty percent strikeout rate last year in 22 but did a lot of great things at the same time yeah um both interesting players brennan davis more of the you know well-regarded prospect going through the normal process of of developing and and christopher morell kind of coming out of nowhere on the scene last year and and 
great comp great power speed combo um but yeah that hit tool that's the concern yeah if if he can't keep those strikeouts down he'll be exploited and won't be able to maintain that success but he's a fun player yeah and he can play multiple positions i'll be also interested to see how pete crow armstrong develops um he was a big piece in the javi baez trade with the mets um he is incredibly unlikely to make the majors this year but this is a big year for him in their system yeah a lot of people project him to be um you know approaching top prospect in baseball level of hype by the end of this year so uh that's another thing to keep an eye out as the uh, on as the year develops yeah yeah and i think it, it speaks to how good this bellinger deal is for the cubbies right they have a great center fielder who could be something even better um and basically by the time bellinger is ready to go out after this year pete crow armstrong should be ready to take over that center field job um i guess yeah. we'll, we'll see how that plays out um some of the big questions i'm curious if you'll agree with these uh for the cubbies going forward is uh is say suzuki the real deal is he uh the right fielder that's going to kind of take over is he going to be a 2020 guy or or even more uh going forward and then another question on the player side is kyle Hunt hendricks on his way out he's uh been in a throwing pr- program trying to increase his velocity over the offseason doing everything he can to kind of keep in the game he obviously took a big step back from what he used to be uh last year um but anyways those are those are i think the two big questions for the cubbies going into this season yeah, I do think Seiya Suzuki is going to be good. He looked really good the last couple months in the season. You know, he dealt with some injuries, and uh, despite all of that, and you know, he's a rookie. He still put up a one sixteen WRC plus, and the projection systems are kind of all over the place for him. But most are are projecting him to be somewhere in the one twenty five to one thirty WRC plus range. And so, I think there's a lot of eyes on Suzuki right now, and. Um, uh, I I kind of am a fan. Uh, as far as Hendricks go, goes, I mean, it's it's like that's emblematic of the the real problem with the Cubs and the reason why you can't really put a lot of prediction on them being anything other than maybe a surprise contender in a yeah. bad division is that their starting pitching is just not good. Uh, Tyon is probably going to be good, but uh, you know, after that it falls apart very quickly and there's there's they're like a step down from the cardinals and yeah. it's the same it's like the same sort of thing like the cardinals have a bunch of twos and threes and the cubs have a bunch of threes and fours you yeah know? yeah marcus stroman at the top he's probably still the best starting pitcher on that team he's also on the wrong side of 30 though we'll we'll see yeah. kind of how that plays out for him um the other questions I have, and we kind of talked about this, uh, will the run prevention plan work? Uh, my quick answer on that is yes. I think it's definitely improved. I, uh, I think that's probably the cheapest way to improve your plan quickly is hiring, uh, solid defenders. But like you're talking about, not sure the pitching is enough to, uh, to make up for all of that. And then the other big question is, you know, are the cubbies going to be selling at this year's deadline? Yeah, I think so. Unless it is a full, like, Unless everything is broke right for them, right? Um, I think they'd be. I, I have to imagine this year is another year. the The plan is to sell. Yeah. All right. So, final question for the Cubbies, Nate. They are projected to be uh, by Fangraphs 
to have a, ooh, a negative 55 run div. Uh, not great. Um, and 75 wins to 87 losses this year. Uh, are you going to take the under or over on 75 wins for the 2023 Cubbies? That's a good, that's a good line. I think I've gone under on all of the other on, on the Reds and the, and the Pirates. I've said already, I am a believer in Suzuki. I think the Bellinger signing was good. I think Swanson, probably not a great long-term solution, but I could see him repeating his year or having a good year with the, with the Cubs. I'm going to go over. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be by much, but yeah. I, I, I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under on that just because the pitching is not enough to my liking. The, the, uh, the bullpen isn't great. Um, no one in there really scares me. Um, and the offense just isn't there enough to get it done. I think they've improved them. So they've raised their floor. Absolutely. Um, but I also think that they're going to be selling at some point um, and they're yeah. going to get even worse. And I, I think they're going to be below 75. That's a good point. Uh, the last two months of the season, if they sell uh, whatever is working, could end up uh, dropping them below that. I'll stick with my my over. But um, that is a that is an interesting point. Yeah. All right. That's your cubbies. All right. Next week, we're going to wrap this up by talking about the Brewers. Um, and But now we're going to check in on the rest of the league. A little bit of news over the last week. What do you want to talk about, Ben? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, Jose Quintana, Cardinal legend, uh, is going to be out at least until July. He is a Met now. Uh, he's getting rib surgery. He had a lesion on his rib um, that is luckily benign. Um, but... Uh, Obviously, not great for him, not great for the Mets. The Mets are, um, you know, equipped to handle this. But bad news for Jose Quintana. Hopefully, he gets back healthy quickly. Um, in other news, we kind of were flirting with this earlier, but a couple of big extensions to young kids. Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks agreed to an eight-year, $111 million deal. Uh, the Nationals also signed Kieber Ruiz to an eight-year extension worth at least $50 million. Man, so the Corbin one, I think, is, you know, it's cool. Good for him. Good for the team. He sure seems like a, yeah, there's no real such thing as a can't miss prospect. But if you're going to pick one, you know, a guy like that is usually the ones that you're, you're betting on. It has essentially elite uh, capabilities at everything in baseball, yeah. you know? So even if he doesn't end up being a superstar best in baseball, like sure seems like he's going to be a, a, a competitive major league player for a long time. Um, so it's cool. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, and the keeper one, just any catcher, like I'm like, it's such a complicated, challenging position. He seems as good a catching prospect as anyone else. And he seemed pretty good last year. Uh, this was a little more surprising to me because um, you don't normally see these sorts of gambles on catchers before they truly click. Uh, but I mean, good for him. We're, yeah. we're always a fan of these sorts of things when they get like a ton of money. But um, yeah, that's a, this one's a little riskier to me. I was, I was more surprised by this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, love catchers giving a catcher that much money. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting move, um, but uh, good good for the Nationals. It's kind of a sign that they're moving forward. Um, yeah. 
this is not news, but I had to put it because come on, jerks and Profar signs soon. Rockies are showing serious interest in jerks, jerks and Profar, hoping that deal gets done here fairly soon before spring training is over. Um, and we can finally end that game, even though it's technically ended. Um, but just a, another thing to note, uh, Carlos Rodon is set to, uh, officially begin the season on the IL having a little bit of left forearm issue. We are obviously hoping it's just going to be a couple of weeks. Um, but of course, an issue this early in the spring pushes back his whole throwing program and he's going to miss opening day. Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting that Quintana and Rodon both are starting the season with injuries. Um, you know, and I'm not like cherry picking the news to make Cardinals fans feel better. This is just what yeah. happened. You know, like it's, yeah, well, it's true. As we've talked about, like, this is what pitchers do. Yeah. Rodon was announced today that they think he may only need to miss one or two starts, but you never like the left forearm strain. You never want to strain in the throwing arm. No, like it, it it's usually not a setup for a good season. No, it um, is not. Yeah. He fell real far in our fantasy draft too. <laughs> yes, so I, I, I scooped him up though. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm sure he is falling in quite a few fantasy drafts, even though he might be a top three pitcher in baseball. It is yeah. that health issue has just, uh, it's it's ever present yeah. with him. Um, all right, moving on to a, a little less fun news, but I, I guess this is good news. MLB completes Mike Clevinger investigation. No discipline forthcoming. So it should be noted. Uh, Mike Clevinger fully cooperated with this. Uh, MLB and an arbiter investigated like thousands and thousands of electronic communication, yeah. phone calls, testimonials. Uh, Mike Clevinger um, has fully cooperated with MLB he is doing ongoing treatment with MLB and with outside parties, um, and he he's free and clear. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to read through the depositions and everything like that. But I think uh, while this situation looked really bad um, at, at the point where we're sitting right now with the information that we have, it seems like it was a uh, a lot of smoke and, and nothing there. And hopefully, that means that nobody was hurt and nothing terrible yeah. happened. But I think it needs to be just talked about the fact that, you know, he's he's free and clear. He will be um, a White Sox this year. He is uh, trying to come back and try to put his career back on course. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's important that we're intellectually consistent here. You know, we we went very hard on Trevor Bauer and and the evidence dictated that and the arbiter dictated that and and punishment was handed down. And, you know, we're we're following that guidance. And now, as you said, everything's gone through. There were no charges. Everything was dropped. The arbiter found no uh, breaking of MLB policy. And, you know, we won't we don't know truly what happened. But as far as the rules of the game go and as far as the expectations of the players, he's good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, hopefully we don't hear anything about this from him or anything like this about him again. Yeah. And it, we can all just move on and he can be you know have a good year for the for the white Sox. yeah uh speaking of fun issues like this trevor bauer signs with uh, nippon <laughs> professional baseball leagues yokohama dene base stars uh it's a four million one uh year deal four million dollar uh one year deal um yeah it is good. what it is right. i uh get I, out of here yeah get out of here i i am um slightly surprised but very happy that MLB has decided to take a hard line on this. I 
the the value add prop that is Trevor Bauer uh, for his cost to potential war and value add to your team really made me think that somebody was going to bring him in um, because it's it's hard not to it's you're, it's a lot of surplus value um, and a and a PR hit and I could see a, a analytical analytically mind baseball ops person making that argument and I'm sure that they did anyways. I'm happy with our result here. Yeah, same. I, I thought some, you know, yeah, cold monster was gonna. I, I thought Steve Cohen was gonna sign him. You know, that guy is a dirt bag, so I thought he'd bring in, <laughs> uh, you know, other dirt bags. But sure. um, I, I mean, I think there's. I still think there's a possibility that he's back next year. He's gonna go and do this for a year, and and someone will say, "Hey, the heat's died down. Let's bring him in." Especially if he does good. If he dominates state, yeah, I, I yeah. think we'll have this conversation a year from now. I, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, but hey, I'll, but we don't know, you know. Yeah. So in the moment, the MLB, uh, all the MLB organizations made the right choice. Yeah, and and we can be happy about that. So, uh, good riddance. Bye. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's everything, right? Yes, so, sir. Uh, we're going to end with a little segment here. Um, we've been using this segment sometimes as a prediction game, and we're going to do it again as we continue our predictions for 2023 season. So that's right. We're playing another round of If You Had To. If You Had To. <laughs> All right. Um so, Ben, if you had to predict right now the winners of the big three awards in the 2023 season, yeah, what would your predictions be? So we're talking MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year uh, on each side of the uh, within each league. Yeah. How about like, do you want to do it like I'll say my two MVPs, you say your two MVPs and then we go like that? Uh, yeah. Is that fun? Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) I think that's fun. It's convinced. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. All right. (laughs) We're having fun now. All right. My AL MVP prediction Mm -hmm. is Shohei Otani. I think he is going to dominate. I think he is going like, I mean, it's not that big of a stretch, right? He's the best player in baseball. Yeah. Um, he is going into a contract year. Uh, I think he's uh, not that this guy needs any more motivation. Um, he's going to be in conversation for the Cy Young. Uh, he's going to win the MVP. It is going to be a season for the ages. It's it's going to be impressive. I cannot wait for it. Um, yeah. And on my NL MVP, I'm, I'm going to vote somebody a little less obvious. Uh, but I think this is the year that we get a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr., I think he flirts with a 40-40 season. Um, he's a little older. He's like 25. <laughs> he's, he's a little wiser. <laughs> uh, and I think he's just going to just absolutely dominate. Um, one of my favorite players in baseball. I, I hope he I hope he runs away with it. Yeah, great choice. And uh, I think we would all have a lot of fun with a, with a Acuna back at MVP level. Uh, last year, he was returning from the ACL injury and still had a very good year for someone coming off an ACL injury. So, uh, seems primed to be successful this year. And and Otani, yeah, you know that's that's like he should have won last year. And Judge yeah. had like the best seat, one of the best offensive seasons 
of the last like 30 years and it still should have been Otani. Not that judge wasn't deserving, but what Otani's doing is unreal. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, for my picks, um, I thought about doing Otani and I have ultimately decided not to, even though I think it's probably the bet, the, the safest pick. What I think is going to happen is a guy that Otani previously beat who also had a monster year. He had a little bit of a down year last year, but he's still, what, 23, I think. Vladito, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> he's going to have a season like he did in 2021. We're talking over 300 batting average, 40-plus yeah. bombs. He's going to lead the Blue Jays uh, right back into the playoffs, and he's going to look great doing it. Dude's insane. Yeah. So big fan, of, big fan of Vlad Jr., and uh, for my NL MVP pick, I wanted to go Arenado here, but I'm not going to be a homer. Yeah. Uh, and even though I think that's a good pick, um, I think this is going to be the year that uh, the projections and the perception and all of that become reality. And Juan Soto goes off yeah. for the San Diego Padres. It's a stacked lineup. So he's going to get all the counting stats that do ultimately matter in these sorts of things. Um, I, I think it's going to be a monster year for Juan Soto. Uh, 400 plus OBP, 40 plus bombs. He's going to do it all. Uh, hell, he'll probably even steal eight <laughs> to 12, 12 bags, you know? Um, so I think this is the year Juan Soto, uh, you know, forever considered a MVP player, but hasn't actually put it together to that degree yet. It's all coming together this year. We're talking Bryce Harper 2015 sort of season. Love it. All right. Let me want Soto. Uh, yes. Um, all right. Cy Young. Yeah, man. This one is so hard because because of health, because of everything. Um, but yeah, I got, I got my picks. Uh, I am going to say that for our AL Cy Young, Alec Manoa, he is mm -hmm. had his first full, full season in the big leagues last year. Took a little step back up on strikeouts, but this guy pitches every day or every fifth day. Absolute horse. Uh, I think he's going to have a little uptick in his strikeouts. I absolutely love everything about him. Watching him is a blast. And I think he's going to go the distance and win the AL Cy Young. And I think he's going to have like 20 more innings pitched than anyone else uh, in, in the conversation. That is That is my prediction. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun one too. You know, it's a fun team. The young guy, like I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for my NL Cy Young, uh, I'd love to say, uh, you know, Jack or, or something like that, but I'm going to go with Aaron Nola. Um, he's kind mm -hmm. of the, I don't know, is he second fiddle or, or not in Philadelphia? I'm not sure. He is going into a contract year. Um, his stuff is just nasty. I think he's underrated. Um, and I think he's going to have kind of that career year right before he goes onto the free agency and the Cardinals are going to get second place and signing him over the off season. Um, but all things will be good for Aaron Nola. I'll go Aaron Nola for my NL Cy Young. Yeah, I think he's typically seen as like number two behind Zach Wheeler. Um, but after last year, you know, if you really pick apart the numbers, Nola was incredible. And, you know, he seems to be still on an upward trajectory where Wheeler's getting a little older. So we'll see. Um, I hope you're wrong because <laughs> I don't want that. 
I've never liked the Phillies. And yeah. then after that, you know, so. All right. So for me, AL Cy Young. This might be ri- tricky. We'll see if they give him the innings or not. But I'm a big fan of Shane McClanahan yeah. down in Tampa Bay. Breakout year 2022. He does everything. Strikes him out. You know, keeps the ball down. I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And the only thing holding him back is if he can get that inning level that uh, that is typically needed. But the Rays do let their guys go once they've ascended to that level. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he's ready to do that. So, man, he um, picked apart the Cardinals in a start last year when he is yeah. on. He is just nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Um all right, and stupid rays. They're just like, oh yeah, hey, guess what? <laughs> We've got this guy now. <laughs> um, I've been really torn on on who's gonna get the NL Cy Young. Um, we, there's a good blend. I, I like your pick, although I also hate it. Um, <laughs> thanks. And I've kind of settled. I, I think it's gonna be one of the two old men on the Mets. I almost guessed. I almost went with Scherzer. Yeah, and so I'm actually not going to do Scherzer. I'm going to go Verlander is one of the best pitchers of all time. Yeah, what he did last year with the Astros is insane. Um, the Mets are as good a team as the Astros, likely or at least close. And I see no re- like other than the the freak. You know, he's 40 years old. Like you never know when he's going to break. But if he's healthy, he's clearly yeah capable. And so uh, last year was a truly insane year for him. And and I don't think he's going to be that good, but he doesn't have to do that again to get another Cy Young. <laughs> Sub two uh, ERA. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to do that every year. Yeah. So I'm going to go Verlander on All this right. one. All right. And our last category, uh, Rookie of the Year. There's a yeah. fun one. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go for my AL Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, mm-hmm. He is likely to break camp with the Orioles. The dude, I mean, the dude's just a freak. Uh, he's a stud. Um, the Orioles are good. There's a good defense behind him, and I think he's going to strike everyone out. Super tough division, of course, um, but he'll he'll have every opportunity to kind of run away with it. Uh, so I'm going Grayson. Um, and I think he's going to be great. Uh, and then NL, Nathan, Benjamin, I think, I mean, you, you hear the way I talk on this podcast. There's really only one name I can say here. Uh, and I'm going with our very own Jordan sky Walker, uh, as my NL rookie of the year. I do think he's, uh, I think he's going to come up, um, at some point, and I think he's going to hit at least 20 bombs and he's going to just be impressive. Um, I, I, it's, I know it sounds like a Homer pick. I really buy it. I think probably the Vegas money or the smart money's on Corbin Carroll, uh, cause of the stolen bases and so on and so forth. But you know, I'm going to take a big man over a little man. That's just how my brain works. And, and Corbin Carroll, he's so small. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, let me just get to mine. So uh, I am also picking an Oriole for my uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And I think Grayson's a good choice. And I think often that like a pitcher doesn't have to have a 
lights out year as a rookie to win the rookie of the year. Um, I think there's like a little bit of bias towards like a really good young pitcher for this award. So I think it's a good, good choice. Um, but I'm going to go with the, um, young slugger Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. He, uh, he is impressive. Yeah. I cannot believe um, that he is a shortstop. I mean, he's going to be playing third base for them, but that size and it, like, he's just a, he's a freak. Yeah. And he, he might end up playing short for them still. So yeah. I think he'll end up playing both this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looks good. Um, you know, despite all the Orioles ownership issues, they've got some really exciting young players. Yeah. So it feels pretty safe that the AL rookie of the year will be an Oriole. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Grayson or Gunner, you know, we'll see. Uh, and then finally for my NL rookie of the year, look, Ben, we're a Cardinal podcast. Okay. <laughs> we avoided Arenado as our pick for NL rookie or NL MVP, even yeah. though he took third last year, it'd be a safe pick. We're not picking Jack Flaherty to have a miraculous bounce back and win the Cy Young, even though, you know, we want to, but I think we both can feel justified than our selection as Jordan Walker. Let's of, go. As the winner of the NL rookie of the year. <laughs> so I, I gotta go, you know, yeah. I gotta go Walker as well. What are we doing here? If we're not predicting Jordan Walker as our, NL rookie of the year. Yeah. He, I mean, Come he's on. just amazing. Right. And, and we're going to get to watch it here pretty soon, almost every day. And I, I can't wait for it. Uh, Corbin Carroll's going to be good. Um, Andrew Painter might. Oh, Andrew Painter just Wait, got no, he's hurt. Yeah, never mind. Um, maybe one of the the like Yuri Perez or something. You know, there's a, there's always a bunch of rookies. The Braves will unleash some dude that <laughs> yeah. we've never heard of that right. will go on and do 2020 in half a season. You know, and then sign like an 80 million dollar extension. Yeah, you never know. It's one of the you know all these awards are difficult to yeah. predict. There, there's a chance Tristan Casas hits like 35 bombs quickly. Like, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I feel good in our picks here. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, we're going to continue making, doing little predictions soon. We'll do a, uh, a full on like bold predictions for the 2023 Cardinals here in an upcoming episode before the season starts too. So in one of the next two episodes, but otherwise, uh, thank you all for listening as always. Once again, please consider checking out the Patreon. Thanks again to our patrons. We truly appreciate you and, and uh, what you've done for the show. And we will be back next week, hopefully to celebrate the continued dominance of the United States uh, World Baseball Classic <laughs> team. And uh, we'll have more good uh, breakdowns of the spring training news. And uh, we're only a couple weeks away. Yeah. So until next week, go Cardinals. I hope Merrill Kelly is good tonight. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>